my apple. I'll stink. That's right, it stinks! Well, thank you, Rocky. This is Tim with Online Big Blue. We're bringing you the best in New York Giants sports talk and entertainment. It's Monday after the stinker. Rocky Balboa. His famous line to Mickey. It stinks. It stinks to high heaven. You know, you gotta take... You gotta... And after my video last night, you got to kind of sit down and um, maybe address and look at it from a different perspective. And I tried to look at a different perspective last night. I really did. And all I could think about were the idiots running laps in the parking lot at FanFest and how dumb I thought that was and how unknowledgeable I thought those people were by doing that because a lap is a punishment. It's not there to be shown support. It was there to ingrain something into someone because they did something wrong. Well, the Giants did a lot wrong on Sunday. His team was extremely undisciplined. For someone that is preaching discipline and preaching culture and this, the Giants didn't look any better than they did under Pat Shermer. And Pat Shermer, God bless his little soul. He got sweet revenge on his former team with Teddy Bridgewater. And he got the best out of Patrick Graham, who was going to be the next venerable head coach. And now everyone's going to blame Jason Garrett and saying, oh, it's Jason Garrett's fault. It's Jason Garrett's fault. He didn't put Daniel Jones in the position to win. But I've said it before, when you're red striping and you're not going through your progressions, it's going to be difficult to find the open man when you're locked on your primary receiver. And that's what Daniel Jones did again yesterday. We've talked about it. We, 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 we've talked about it a hundred times. And trying to, and I will blame Garrett for trying to use chicanery with Kadarius Tony early into the game. Well, we got two for minus two yards. That didn't work out too well, and that did it. I, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things that if you sit there and look at how this team played, and look at how Joe Judge preached things. The two aren't there. You're you're at two different you're at two different levels. And like I said, and we yelled about it yesterday. How the hell do you throw the challenge flag on a touchdown catch? That alone, there's no excuse. And and he'll come up and he'll pontificate with some excuse, but that alone. Is is what was the antithesis of undiscipline? I mean, I I think the some ways the best defense for the Denver Broncos yesterday was just letting Daniel Jones have the ball. He he his fumble once again doomed the team, and it's always going to be people saying, "Well, he was uh, he was trying to do too much. That's why he fumbled." fumbled going down it's not like he was fighting for the extra yard he fumbled again going down that's that's not fighting for the extra yards that's just not good ball security and and at times he was locking on to sterling shepherd like darius and tony and, and kenny and didn't exist I mean, it, it was it was kind of crazy how we were only trailing 10-7 at halftime after that demoralizing second quarter. I don't know. Luck of the football gods? 
And there was just some bad throws also by Jones. You look at the, the Devontae Booker catch. Booker made that one-handed catch going backwards. Probably could have had a lot more yardage if he didn't have to do a little pirouette and catch the ball. And then poor Kenny. Poor Kenny has four catches for 64 yards. And we had one contesting grab. And he had that nice little diving one, too. He drew a pass interference penalty. He got the Giants in the red zone late in the fourth. But it was all garbage. It was, it was all garbage plays. Now, you have to say that it was interesting that the Giant line did not play as poor as I thought the Giant line would have. The combination of Andrew Thomas and Shane Lemieux was not horrid on that side. Most of the pressure came from the other side, came from the Will Hernandez and Nate Solder side. But the line, the line pretty much, the line against a pretty good pass rush only gave up, only gave up, oh, whoa, we got something coming in there, only gave up two sacks. Which is, which is not horrible. Two sacks. And if you take a look at what they refer to as quarterback hits, they only hit, they only hit Daniel Jones technically twice per, per, the, per the stat sheets. So it's not like he didn't have time to throw. He had to, you know, it's funny. Daniel Jones actually, it's, it's interesting that this week Daniel Jones actually had time to throw. He at at the major, I would say majority of his dropbacks, he had a fairly clean pocket, except when uh, Vaughn Miller abused Nate Solder on that one play. Poor kid, the poor kid didn't stand a chance. But it's the same thing. He looks good in spurts. He looks good for drives, and then he kind of reverts back to he kind of reverts back to Danny fumbles, and then he kind of reverts back to missing wide open plays. And not seeing people. And people are going to point to, well, he had a quarterback rating of 90.7. Yeah, that's great. That and $5 will get you $5. For a team, like I said, that was preaching discipline. Discipline was not on display. Darnay Holmes proved that. I still, like I said, I don't know how Nick Gates or Will Hernandez didn't get that flag. The, when Daniel Jones went for the slide... The Denver player, as you can watch, he put his hands up in the air and off to the side and tried to go over Daniel Jones. He was not trying, he was not trying to hit Daniel Jones. He's actually was he actually even the announcer, he was actually kind of giving himself up on the play. He he was kind of like saying, I'm not gonna hit you. And then for Gates and Hernandez to go after the guy, I don't understand how they didn't get the penalty. Just throwing that out there. Just throwing out there. So the bright spot was the fact that the line played well. Sterling Shepard had seven catches for 113 yards, 16.1 average, one touchdown, targeted nine times, caught seven. Good day. Saquon Barkley came out of the game, didn't get hurt. I I am curious to see how Saquon's going to feel later today and on Tuesday because it is a short week. I still don't think we shouldn't have played. I still don't think we should have played him. I really don't. Because I, I, I have a problem bringing back your, your star franchise running back on an, off an ACL injury and then playing him in a short week. I, I, have, I have an issue with that. And hopefully, hopefully nothing goes wrong. 
I think the biggest lapse at all, this was the defense. And, and there's a little stat that people overlooked last year that the Giants were 25th in the league in third downs, having third downs converted against them. So, I mean, they had a problem last year getting off the field. And they had a problem this year getting off the field. And how we're not covering or how we're letting people go op- wide open, I mean, wide open down the middle of the field, that, that looks like the Giants defense from two years ago. That guys were just wide open down the middle of the field. Adoree Jackson got toasted on that one play. Thank God the kid dropped the ball. He made him look silly. How you dropped the ball that wide open in the end zone, I don't know. The score could have been a lot worse. Score should have been like 34-7. Ojolari's got to learn. Don't go for the head. That was a big costly penalty, especially where we had them on the field. You're playing a game of field position that really, um, that, that really, I think, set the team back. But, you know, it's, it's one of these things that if you look at the totality of the game, we were outplayed on both sides of the ball. There's, there's not even, there's not even a, a, a thought process in my mind that we were not outplayed by both sides of the ball. But you have to remember this. What? Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. And that's right, we're going to keep rolling here. Because it's not over, it's one game. It's one game. But I, I have said it a million times. You have to question things. You have to. How dare you question Joe Judge? I'm always going to question a 6-10 and 10 coach. I am. You have to. You have to, as a fan, look at your, with your eyes and see things. I am an idiot. I picked the Giants to lose all week. All week. And then Sunday during the stream, I thought to myself, you know what? If you're going to be this team, you're going to be this team of destiny. Because this is the year we got to win. You're going to be that team. You have to beat teams like the Denver Broncos at home. Plain and simple. And I changed and I changed my mind. I should never have done that night. And, and I usually don't, but I did. I changed my mind about it. What can we do against Washington next week? Well, we got to see what's happening with Fitzpatrick. That's that's a bonus for us because then we can potentially get healthy quick on defense. But it's going to be the offense that where we're going to need to have some kind of magic happening. And I'm not blaming Jason Garrett. This is not Jason. All the, all the fans out there who, who have the wherewithal to blame Jason Garrett don't understand the sport. It wasn't Jason Garrett's fault. It wasn't Jason Garrett's fault that Daniel Jones is red striping again. And I love it because there's, there's like players like Rick Meyer, the former Notre Dame quarterback who had the one big season in Seattle his rookie year. Wasn't really a big season, but he had a good season, and people thought he was going to be great until the league figured out he couldn't throw to his left. And evidently, he looked great in practice. And just when you get him on the field, things change because the speed changes. And the problem is, we've heard rumors and speculation that Daniel Jones didn't look good in practice. That Daniel Jones had issues in the integrate and the scrimmages with other teams. And then you don't play him all preseason long, and when he throws up a stinker like this. You, you sit there and scratch your head like, wow, I really didn't see that one coming. Oh, that 
that kind of, that kind of stunned me. This team needs to figure it out. And I said for a week, the Denver Broncos were, was not going to be an easy out. It was not a team that we were going to roll over. I said between Judy and Patrick and, um, and what's his name? Uh, Noah, the tight end and Cortland Southern Cortland Sutton said, this was not a team to overlook, especially when you had Melvin Ingram. And I've said it a million times. I'm not going to say it again. Off tackle left, off tackle right. Then you go right up the middle. You set it up. You set it up for a quarter or two quarters, even three quarters. And then you, you pick your shot when you go up the middle. And that's where something you, you have to remember where we're going to miss Dalvin Tomlinson. I think this is a better assessment of the game. It was a terrible game. It was a terrible game after the first quarter. It was all downhill. But again, it's nothing's over. Nothing's over. It's one game out of 17. Now, if we throw up a stinker against Washington, well, then we might have a little bit more of an issue. But guys, it's one. just remember, it's one game out of 17. We have to hope we can right the ship. And we can kind of, kind of just hope we go from there. Again, this is Tell the Online Big Blue, bringing you the best in New York Giants sports talk and entertainment. And as always, if you could like, you can subscribe. Ring that like thing in the means of that. Be awesome.